Would you like to know how to find real family happiness? Uh, no. I don't need your advice. Maybe that's what I should have said. Maybe I should have said, I have family happiness. I'm happy. I don't need your advice. If I need your advice, I'll come to you. I'll knock on your door. I'll ask you for advice. Maybe that's what I should have said. Maybe I should have said, no thanks. What we didn't know was behind that study. What was behind that advice? What was behind that invitation? I should have known that someone who comes to your door and offers to give you a study about how to find real family happiness was all a sham. This was someone off the street telling me that they had all the answers to life and we invited them in the house. Who does that? I want to touch base today a little on what it means to do family worship and a specific type of strange worship that the Mormons call family home evening. Now, I'll give you a little taste of what family home evening is first, and then we'll take a look at what the Jehovah's Witnesses call family worship or family worship night. So let's take a look at family home evening through the lens of a Mormon. Are we ready? We're all here. Welcome to Family Home Evening. Here's how it goes. Normally, we've got a great plan. And then other times, it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. Here's the, here's the magic recipe. We open up with a song, a hymn, and the kids like to help choose it, and they like to help lead it. There will be a lesson, and for us, it's important that we spend a couple of really good minutes in the scriptures. What did he mean by that? I like how the wife says. And then other times, it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. It's a fly by the seat of our pants. That's what she said. This is her words. And it reminds me a lot of the Jehovah's Witness kind of family worship because their family worship goes like this. Hi. Hey, babe. So what's for family worship this week? I think I got some good ideas. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Thank you for reading that. Um, let's just go ahead and ask the question. We'll just do that. So paragraphs 13 and 14, how can we be generous? Anybody? Now the footnote uh, that we just read really helps us to appreciate the definition of that quality. Without the definition, we're left to wonder exactly what it is and how it connects to the other things that we've discussed this evening. Gabe, can you go ahead and read the next one for us? Mm -hmm. Thank you. And that's it in a nutshell. Just a very cringy, unorganized, superficial event. That's what family worship is in the world of the Jehovah's Witness. This is information that comes from the Jehovah's Witnesses 2022 Pursuit Peace Convention Friday afternoon session, part number two, around the 43-minute mark, and you see a real Jehovah's Witness just puzzled and drawing blanks. He doesn't know. He doesn't know because it's, it's, it's a lot like the Mormon worship, the Mormon family home evening. It's... Normally we've got a great plan. And then other times it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. Fly by the seat of our pants. It's just a mess. 
from the Mormon standpoint and from the Jehovah's Witnesses standpoint, family worship night and family home evening night are just a mess. It's what it is. It's a patriarchal system set up by the father figure in the family. If he's present, which they hope he's present, set up by the father figure with absolutely no preparation. So what the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons do is they gather together once a night during the week to try and mimic what goes on inside the congregation, inside their church. So they try and set up this remote church inside of the house, but it's just a mess. It's it's just a sham of a of a get together. It's it's terrible. It's bad preparation. It's cooking a meal and forgetting the spices. Here's the here's the magic recipe. We open up with a song, a hymn, and the kids like to help choose it and they like to help lead it. It's funny how he says that the kids like to choose the hymn, this Mormon. He says that the kids like to choose the hymn, and yet when you look at the video, the, <laughs> the video is titled The Latter-day Saint Practice of Family Home Evening, and you can find it on YouTube. You see, <laughs> you see how the children are bashful. They don't even want to be there. They don't even know what they're doing, much like the adults themselves. My point is this, that family worship night from the Jehovah's Witness standpoint and family home evening from the Mormon standpoint is just a sham of a show. It's it's a bad recipe leading to absolutely nothing. No knowledge is gained. The only thing that occurs there is you lose time because what they're teaching them, what they're teaching them, and you'll see in the video, in the Mormon video, is they teach them out of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon has one too many flaws because what we find in the Book of Mormon is a book full of anachronisms, which means that the descriptions it describes do not pertain to the era, the time in which it describes they occur. That's what an anachronism is. This is what's happening in family home evening nights. So the parents are usually utilizing a book, the Book of Mormon, to teach their kids about false history. The Book of Mormon mentions horses 14 times. You'll find 14 references to horses inside the Book of Mormon. And they're also described as a very important part in the cultures in which it describes. They take an active role in that culture. This is a prominent figure, much like cars today take an active role in our cultures. Yet here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the funny thing. There is no evidence whatsoever that horses existed in the American continent during the about, I don't know, like 3,000 year history that the Book of Mormon describes, some 2,500, 3,000 year history. There is absolutely none, zero, zippo. Everybody knows because history is truthful in the sense that there was no horses in the Americas in the time that the Book of Mormon describes. Horses first appeared in the Americas when the Spaniards brought them from Europe. You know, the horses came through Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus in 1492, 1493, if we want to be specific, he starts bringing horses to the Americas and to the American continent Also, Cortez brings them a little later, a few years later, in 1519. Horses were not part of the Americas. So this book, this book, this uh, Book of Mormon that they're using during family home worship, yes, it's it's a false book. So these, these parents are indoctrinating their kids. They're teaching them false history. And that is why this occurs. 
Normally we've got a great plan. And then other times it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> That's why that occurs. They fly by the seat of their pants because they're rewriting history, saying a bunch of nonsense. And this is the nonsense that they teach their kids. It's no wonder that they have to resort to things like... Then there will be a game. So we like Uno here in this house. And uh, inevitably, our four-year-old wins. It's kind of spooky. The volume level will be high. Don't give me a bite of that. Give me a bite. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted. Usually the energy level is pretty high. Yeah, the energy level is pretty high. No, duh. Because the nonsense has stopped. You put down the Book of Mormon, and now you're playing a game of Uno. Yes. Yes, the excitement. I would be thrilled as well. I don't want to read false history. I don't want to rewrite history. No, thank you. So let's, let's talk about something that actually did happen. Like what's happening now, the game of Uno, what they're playing. Let's take a look at what occurs during the Jehovah's Witness family worship night. I think I got some good ideas. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Thank you for reading that. Um, let's just go ahead and ask the question. We'll just do that. So paragraphs 13 and 14, how can we be generous? Anybody? Now the footnote that we just read really helps us to appreciate the definition of that quality. Without the definition, we're left to wonder exactly what it is and how it connects to the other things that we've discussed this evening. Gabe, can crickets. you go ahead and read the next one? Crickets. Yes. Just crickets. That's what happens during family worship night. Just a lot of cringy behavior. And don't take it from me. Listen to what this guy says. I think we'd all agree that family worship was difficult to watch. It was uncomfortable for everyone. Clearly, Max and Irene had some obstacles they needed to overcome to really worshiping Jehovah as a family. Yeah, you're darn right. To you're start darn and keep right. A good habit going and one of the obstacles is putting this cult behind them. One of the obstacles is not listening to your nonsense. Listening to crazy things like, oh, I don't know. Carrie drew two mommies. Maybe some of that, you know, or or maybe some of this. Even when we're poor, we're expected to give uh, monetarily. Yeah, nonsense. Because I just don't see how God cares about money. But of course, Christendom, they are experts at begging for money. <laughs> well, yeah, but what are you then? What are you? That's uh, Tony Morris, one of the leaders of the Jehovah's Witness religion but his position is farce he claims to have this divine position by the will of god that doesn't exist it's just a manipulation of the bible a manipulation of acts chapter 15. now contrary to some who oppose jehovah and the earthly part of his organization and claim there was no governing body in the first century and hence they see no need for a governing body today a governing body was formed at pentecost of 33 ce you could say it all you want. You could say it all you want, but it doesn't take from the fact that Acts 15 does not describe does not describe the birth of a governing body. The word governing body is not even in there. But this is the nonsense that occurs at home evening. This this is the nonsense that that occurs at Bible worship night, family worship night to the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's it's a lot of senseless information and propaganda to indoctrinate the younger generation. It's fools making fools 
or how it was described once, being victims of victims. A family promotes peace when all the family members communicate in an open, calm, and honest manner. Yeah, that's true, except the Jehovah's Witness religion doesn't do this. You know, uh, you can have a family worship night in the Jehovah's Witness religion, and while you're having that family worship night with, I don't know, two, three of your children, the fourth child, which might have good, good probability now been the oldest child and had woken up from this cult, might have left the home, and the three children and the parental units would be shunning them, would be actively shunning that one, that one poor innocent soul. So when Robert Lucioni, one of the helpers to the leaders of the Jehovah's Witnesses, says the following, A pattern of good communication keeps a family close. It helps us to identify and address problems before these reach a point that they take peace away. It's hard to take him sincerely when he's giving advice about good communication when he actively teaches the doctrine of shunning, when he actively teaches the doctrine of excommunication, what they call disfellowship, shipping. You know, doctrines that are not part of the Bible, doctrines that have taken verses inside of the Bible in 1 Corinthians, have twisted and turned the Bible, and bent the Bible into impossible maneuvers just to fit their doctrines. His talk reminded us that it's possible for a family to enjoy peace, but it takes work. Uh, let's look at one yeah, more step. Yeah, it takes work. It takes work. The and the work that it takes is putting your nonsense behind, discarding your nonsense out of people's lives. But how does communication help with peace? Well, a pattern of good communication keeps a family close. It helps us to identify and address problems before these reach a point that they take peace away. Yeah, that's funny that he says that too, because what if you establish good communication inside the religions like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness, and in that good communication, you openly confess that, you know, I don't believe all the nonsense. I don't believe the, 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 the circus, or I want to get out of the circus. I want to get out of the la-la land. Then what happens? Well, what happens is, that now the doctrines of disfellowshipping, the doctrines of shunning start kicking in, and the family will abandon you, will abandon you as an integral part of the family. They will kick you out. They will stop associating with you. If you are a young adult, they'll kick you out of the house. This is, this is what occurs. So it's very hard to, to take family home evening from the Mormons seriously, or it's very hard to take this as something that, is beneficial when we know what's behind it. We know what's behind the advice that they're giving. It all sounds nice at face value. Hey, who doesn't want to spend time with their family? Hey, who doesn't want to make memories with their family? All sounds really nice. And while we're doing it, we'll read the Bible. All sounds very nice. You know, because the Bible has, in most people's hearts, a good connotation. In most people's hearts. So it sounds nice at face value. But what's behind it? What's behind this family home evening that the Mormons do? What's behind it? Teaching about history? History that doesn't exist? Rewriting history? This is what you'll be teaching your, your kids? This is why it's a problem. Because the Mormons are actively rewriting history. At least in their little tight-knit community because no one else takes it serious. Right? <laughs> it's just a bunch of nonsense in everybody else's mind. 
But this is what's occurring, rewriting history. And you might say, well, what's the big deal talking about horses? What's the big deal? Because it's not the only one. It's not the only one. It's loaded with anachronisms. Just one too many. Things it describes that do not pertain to the time in which it describes it. What about chariots? What about chariots that it describes? Not part of the Americas. <laughs> you know, what about silk? Seriously, silk? Not part of the Americas. You know, the silk was created in China around the third, fourth millennium before Christ or before the common era, <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to pick. But it, really, silk of all things described in the Americas, it, it, it makes no sense. It, it's a bunch of lunacy. Uh, what about windows? <laughs> windows being described in the Book of Mormon? But th th this, this didn't exist in the Americas. Yeah, so Christopher Columbus comes here to the Americas and he finds windows? Wind <laughs> windows? I, you know, it is thought that the Romans invented the windows 100 AD. At least that is what all signs point to. That is what history teaches us. That is what ex is accepted in history. That is history. 100 AD, windows are invented. And yet in the Book of Mormon, you find thousands, a couple millennia before Christ, you're telling me that the, the, the windows were invented in the Americas? Or how about the extraordinary use of metal in the Book of Mormon? How do you describe that? In the Americas, it's it's just senseless. It's the rewriting of history. This is what occurs in family home evening. Again, this is why family home evening resorts to a game of Uno at the end. Because it's just, you know what, kids? I, I know you, you don't believe this. Then there will be a game. So we like Uno here in this house. Yeah. And uh, inevitably, our four-year-old wins. It's kind of spooky. Yeah, Uno will solve things. When things go nowhere, yeah. Yeah, Uno will help out. It's crazy. It's fun. It's Monday night. Are we ready? We're all here. Welcome to Family Home Evening. Here's how it goes. Normally, we've got a great plan. And then other times, it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. When you're trying to teach fairy tales to children, yes, that's what occurs. And again, Job's witnesses are no different. This is why you have crickets at family worship night for Job's witnesses. I am no part of the world, but is the world a part of me? I'm pressured every day to get involved in political issues that affect me socially. Environmentally. And economically. That pressure could rob me of my peace of mind. And influence how I think. I could take sides in my heart, even if I'm not aware of it. Yeah, you know what that's called? That's called tribal thinking. It's one of the tactics used by cults 
in order to separate you or separate separate your mentality from reality. So reality is we all live together on this earth. Reality is that we all go to work and we deal with people from different cultures, different belief systems, different ages, different generations. We deal with all these people. But the Jehovah's Witnesses teach their own, teach their young tribal mentality. A tribal mentality is when it's us versus them. It's an us versus them. Is there social issues? It's us versus them. We don't deal with their social issues. Is there racism? Tribal mentality would say racism is their problem, not our problem. Is there injustices occurring in the world? Tribal mentality taught by the Jehovah's Witnesses is those injustices are their problem, the world's problem, but they're not your problem. You don't have problems because you know, God fixes all your problems. So everything that happens outside of your bubble shouldn't concern you. People are dying on the streets. Shouldn't concern you. That's them. People are hurting. Shouldn't concern you. That has to do with the world, not with you. Your world is only the inner circle of Jehovah's Witnesses. So again, family worship night. If this is the propaganda that they're showing children, you're indoctrinating them from an early age to see themselves in a very selfish way. And you're using a tactic known as tribal mentality, a tactic that's used by many, if not all, cults, an us-versus-them mentality. Obviously, they use other tactics, right? They also use misinformation, rewriting of history, like we saw with Family Home Evening done by the, the Mormons. You know, in the churchofjesuschrist.org, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they have ideas on how to do family home evening. And one of the ideas is to act out the Book of Mormon, to act out. So do plays from the Book of Mormon. Do plays from history that doesn't exist. This is also something that occurs with the Jehovah's Witnesses. But now in the Jehovah's Witnesses, they do plays in family worship night. They do plays out of the Bible, they also act out certain things. It goes hand in hand what these both cults are trying to do. They're trying to indoctrinate the young generation, but they're trying to do it disguised as a very fun thing. It seems like a fun thing, but it's funny how adults, two adults, two grown adults, two adult thinking human beings can't figure out how to capture the attention of their children for at least a second. Because in the Mormon case, Normally, we've got a great plan. And then other times, it's a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants. Normally, you got a good plan, and everything just, the whole tra train derails. Yes, that, that's what happens when you're trying to teach false teachings. And in the Jehovah's Witnesses case, you get the following. You know, I just don't know if this is what they need right now. You know, I just don't know if this is what they need right now. Of course, they don't need that. What they need is to live in the real world. What they need is to address real world issues that occur to them, not to dwell in inconclusive, unverified methods of therapy, unverified methods of social help, or in a Bible that's misinterpreted by your religion, the Jehovah's Witnesses. So these are things that the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons do. You know, this is what they do during the week. If you wonder what they do when they're not at the church, they're doing these mock church, churches inside their homes, and they don't go well for them. <laughs> they never do. 
It's it, and when they do enjoy them, well, they don't learn anything factual. They don't learn the Bible the way the Bible is written. They read this misinterpretation or mistranslation, mistranslated Bible that they've created. And the same goes for the the Mormons, right? They use they use the Book of Mormon, another another testament of Jesus Christ. And what they're learning is just false teachings. And it just, it shows how they struggle to get through it. And they struggle to get through it because none of it is factual. No one else can corroborate any of this being beneficial to anyone. It's beneficial to indoctrinate, but it's not beneficial to to solve real world issues. So with that in mind, I mean, if propaganda is their thing and it seems like they love it, they're going to continue doing it. And misinformation and rewriting a history, that's something that the Mormons enjoy. They'll keep doing it. But don't be fooled. You know, windows, horses, silk. Yeah, that wasn't invented here in the Americas. But hope you have a great day. Hope you learned something. And we'll see you in the next one.